Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello. Thanks for coming back to listen to another episode. I hope things are going well for you, or as well as can be. Isn't that a funny thing we do, like evaluate how good things are on a sliding scale? I guess we have to. We look at our circumstances and figure, well, I'm doing as well as I could possibly be doing given what's happening in my life. It's a good skill. Gives us daily practice in perspective. I realize I've been saying that a lot lately. I'm as well as can be expected. Anyway, have some random thoughts from my brain about simple pleasantries. Today, we're looking at something people ask me about pretty regularly, shadow work. It's, it's an idea that people talk about, they post quotes about it and, and say they need to do, but if my DMs are any indication, a lot of us are a little confused about what it actually is and how to do it and how it relates to chakras or doesn't. So I just wanted to spend some time digging in on it so we can get some clarification. First, let's talk about where the idea of shadow work comes from. The way we think of it and do it these days is not an ancient rite or anything. It's a concept that was mostly named and defined by Carl Jung, a psychoanalyst from the late 1800s and early 1900s. He was a student of Sigmund Freud, but his ideas are are pretty different. I'm not, I'm not going to get into all of that, but it's important to know that shadow work, as we apply it to chakras, isn't part of the yogic tradition. Jung, however, did a lot of work with chakras, and he is credited with a lot of Western thoughts about how we understand them. He's the guy who is mostly responsible for attaching psychology to the chakra system. He had an idea that everyone has a shadow side, which contains the parts of them that they don't really like, our personality traits that we're not all that proud of. He believed that one of the most important things human beings can do is learn to integrate all the parts of themselves to move toward wholeness. Does that sound familiar? We use some of that same language when we talk about balancing the chakras and in yoga when we talk about union. Union can be both internal unity and the idea of understanding universal connectedness. Basically, Jung proposed that as we grow up, we learn that some of our thoughts and emotions and behaviors are more acceptable than others. That is going to vary widely based on where you grow up, what your culture expects and tolerates, what your caretakers believe, and your personal temperament. For example, when children are upset, you might hear parents or, or teachers tell them to stop crying. It's a pretty normal response. The adult is trying to soothe the child and return their emotional state to sort of a, a baseline normal. What the child can hear, though, is that anger or frustration or sadness aren't acceptable to the person she needs for her survival. The person that provides her food, shelter, and other things she needs doesn't want to know about her feelings when they look like this. 
Over time, that belief gets ingrained into her brain and those emotions get tucked away into her shadow side. Jung then associated this part of the personality with the root and sacral chakras, dealing with survival and emotions. You start to see how the two philosophies are intertwined. The same thing can happen with feelings of joy and happiness or being a loud, expressive child or being a quiet child. If your caregivers, teachers, the people who surround you as a child are trying to quell your natural state, you know, stop running around, stop laughing so loud, stop playing so rough, you're going to get the idea that those parts of you must be hidden. You learn to blunt your feelings, to not express them, to not move or do so much or have opinions you share. Sacral chakra, throat chakra, solar plexus chakra, they all have Jungian shadow sides that can impact us as we develop. Technically, in the Jungian philosophy, there's there's really just one shadow side, but in the chakra system, we separate them, some for ease of understanding and addressing specific concerns. But shadow sides aren't just created when we're children. Society, our partners, our coworkers, friends can continue to push parts of us into the shadows. Sometimes it's intentional. Often it's not, but the result is the same. A big way I see this is with grief, generally a heart chakra aspect. When we suffer a loss, our emotions and behavior can make people uncomfortable. It's really none of their business, and in this case, their discomfort is theirs to manage, not yours. But a lot of times when people feel uncomfortable about someone else's emotions, someone else's grief, They attempt to change the other person rather than address their own uncomfortable emotions. So often, so often it surprises me. I hear people saying that others should simply get over their grief, that it's been long enough. I think what they mean is that they wish people would deal with their grief privately and behave in a way that doesn't remind us all of our mortality. When someone loses a partner, friends say things like, you should start dating again. It's been a year as if there's a timeline for healing that we should all adhere to. They may be well-meaning, maybe, but it, it can have the effect of pushing grief into the shadow side as we try to behave in a socially acceptable way. So the shadow side is parts of ourselves that we don't like, emotions we've come to believe are bad or should be hidden. And the reason we don't like those parts can be really complicated because it's personal and societal pressure that has created our distaste for those feelings. We're never born with the idea that parts of us are bad. I'm going to say that again. We're never born with the idea that parts of us are bad. That's something that has to be put on us. That's what the shadow side is. And how it's created. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. 
Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The shadow side or shadow work is only related to chakras insofar as we use the system as a way of understanding psychology. And again, the shadow side isn't a bad part of you. It's a place where pieces of you are held in secret. And secret is different from private, which is an important distinction. You are not obligated to share every part of you with everybody or with anybody. You can hold parts of you private without worrying you have some shadow side lurking that's going to cause you problems or harm. When we separate our shadow side into parts to correlate with each chakra, to me, it's more of an attempt to organize our experience and have language to put around it. That can be really helpful because it takes a vague sense of something and makes it a little more concrete. In my experience, that makes it easier to handle, easier to approach and heal. And I say heal, but but a shadow side doesn't necessarily need healing because it, it isn't wrong or broken or sick or, or damaged. Perhaps integrate is a better word. The chakra system helps us integrate the shadow with light, all parts of our lives and pasts, and make us whole rather than separated. This was Jung's goal and could arguably be one of the benefits we get from yoga as well. So when we do the shadow work, what does it look like? How do we do it? There's an interesting theory that other people act as a mirror for our shadow sides, or at least some of them do. If we don't like someone, the theory goes, it's because they reflect back on us something that is present within us in our shadow side that we don't like. And our response of disliking them is actually because we dislike ourselves in that particular way. Let's have an example because, you know, I, uh, I think best when I have an example. So let's say I meet someone who talks all the time, has an opinion on everything, and is constantly saying things that I know to be false with great authority and confidence. I find her terribly irritating and I go out of my way to avoid her. The mirror theory holds that I'm so graded by her because I'm seeing an aspect of myself that I don't like. I think I talk too much. I think I'm a know-it-all, and I don't like who I am when I behave that way. I can use my irritation to start to identify what parts of my personality are living in the shadow side. The work, then, is to bring that part of me to light and integrate it. But what if I don't want to integrate being a know-it-all? Well, that's when the deeper work starts. What is it in me that pushes me to act that way? It certainly isn't because I actually do, in fact, know it all, because I do not. So what is it? Digging a little deeper, I start to see that I overly share knowledge or my opinion because I want others to see me as valuable and smart and useful. And chances are... If I want others to see me that way, I don't believe those things about myself. I'm afraid that I'm not valuable, that I'm not smart and not useful. And I think those fears are the actual shadow side in this case. If I just stop the work at, 
I don't want to be such a talker. My solution is simply to keep my opinions to myself, which in this case just serves to reinforce my deeper belief that I don't matter and I don't have anything to contribute. I might be better served to address the fear as the shadow side, reframe my thinking about what makes me and people in general valued and needed. Is it my opinion or the things I've learned or is it something different, something deeper? And that's the integration in this case. So much of the time we stop ourselves short of getting to the actual shadow because it's difficult and it hurts. It's certainly more painful to confront that I don't think I'm valuable in the universe than to change my behavior to talk less. But addressing the former has better long-term healing or integration. Another way I think the mirror as shadow revealer theory works, but I don't really see it talked about all that much, is when the mirror reveals emptiness or lack, which I guess a mirror can't reveal something that isn't there. So maybe that's why no one talks about it, but let's do it anyway. You see someone acting in a way that you find annoying or repulsive. Let's say someone who is supremely overconfident or slacks off at work. It's a nightmare and there is no way that characteristic is present in you. You're humble and you're the one who's always picking up that slack. The mirror theory starts to break down. Unless maybe the mirror is showing something you feel is lacking in you. Not arrogance, but maybe confidence. The abilities to draw boundaries around your work life. Maybe you don't want to act just like that, but you wish you had some of those qualities just a little bit more than you do. That would be shadow work. Finding out why you struggle with confidence and boundaries. Is it societal pressure to stay small? to subvert your own desires for the comfort of others, people-pleasing. So then you're tasked with integrating any stories you've come to believe with your new understanding of the world. And it's so interesting because we have this idea, probably unconsciously, that if we just put away those parts of ourselves, we won't have to deal with them. And this invariably backfires and the, the shadow side starts to rule your life. I did an episode a few weeks back on self-sabotage, and I think sometimes that's just our shadow sides insisting on getting some attention. We don't know why we do the things we do when it seems clear that they're not in our own best interest, but the truth is we do know, just not consciously. Sitting somewhere in our beautiful brains are all the ideas of the shadow side that pop up to make us act in ways we consciously don't want to. So this is why shadow work is really important to do, but it can also be misunderstood or or done on a really shallow level. If you want to do shadow work related to each chakra, if that's a good way for you to think about it, then you can. Well, you could go back and, and listen to some episodes I did in 2020 about the shadow side of each chakra, although... That was when the podcast was specifically about weight loss. The information is general. You might find it useful. Uh, Those are episodes 27 to 33, and they go chakra by chakra and a shadow side to each of them. But you can also sit down with what you know about each chakra. Think about the aspects of each based on your understanding and dig in on what your true beliefs around each one are. 
Not what you think you should believe or what you want to believe, but the parts of each chakra that you don't like, the parts that make you feel uncomfortable. When you find something that you'd like to skip over, that's, that's probably a good place to start. Like for me, I don't like how quick I am to anger, which is an aspect of the solar plexus chakra, the anger, not the speed. I don't like how fast I get angry about little stuff that really shouldn't make a difference. So I might start there and try to figure out the real reason I'm mad. Is it actually because of the thing that happened or is it because of a deeper feeling that the anger is covering? Is it easier for me to feel angry than hurt and vulnerable? Would I rather feel angry than helpless? That's the shadow, the helplessness, not the anger. Do you see what I'm saying about looking a little farther into the shadows? Maybe I'll post some journal or or, or thought prompts on the Patreon this week to get you thinking about where your shadows might lie. Uh, Yeah, I'll do that. And you can find a link to those in the show notes if you're interested in getting a jump on shadow work. In the meantime, join me on the social medias, Facebook and Instagram, or just send me an email. It's sarah at yourchakracoach.com. And if if you wouldn't mind, Would you see if your podcast app has a rating option? It's really helpful to me and to the show if you if you give the show a a good review, if you think it deserves one, of course. Thanks for listening this week, and we will talk again soon. I love you all. Goodbye.